Hey, it's Josh Cohen from the Orlando Magic, and you're listening to the Penny for Your Thoughts podcast from the guys at Orlando Magic UK. Now it's over to Garrett, Mikey, and Paul. Go Magic! In order for the magic to work, you have to truly believe in the magic. How's it going, Magic fans? And welcome to this week's episode of Penny for Your Thoughts, the Orlando Magic UK podcast. We are recording on Friday the 19th of May. And it's been a bit of a long week because it's our second one on here and we could do with a little bit of a sugar hit. So I think if Gideon's are watching this and you want to send us free sponsorship, free cookies, cakes, I believe it's Rainbow Crunch Day today. Um, <laughs> do the do the decent thing over there in Disney. Get them in a box and uh, get them here in 24 hours and you've got two willing, willing recipients here. I do think Paul would also like it, but we can't say what G would do. So, you'll notice there's only just the two of us here, but I'm sure we can make it if we try. Um, Mr. Mikey Clark, how are we doing? Evening, mate. I'm doing well. It's been a good week. I've caught up on my sleep after uh, staying up for Tuesday night's lottery, which uh, didn't go quite to plan, but in some respects it did. Um, how's your week, How's your week been, mate? Busy, mate. Um, yeah? Obviously, having a, uh, a late night in the middle of the week didn't help the freshness, but I'm hoping the good folks down at Gideon's will be able to uh, sort that out. <laughs> Mine's the uh, the banana loaf cookie, if you're watching oh, Okay. It. How about you, That's, Maggie? It's all about the pistachio cookie, mate. Okay. What do you reckon Paul would be? <sighs> That's a good question. It's got to be something with bacon in it, isn't there? Is there oh, a bacon then. cookie of some kind? It could be, it could be, could be uh, June's cookie. <laughs> Maybe it would be a bacon one that we just keep dropping on the floor and it breaks all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and what would GB do you reckon, Maggie? Oh, mate, it's got to be something sugar-free, isn't it? See, this diabetic. I could see like a, uh, I don't know, a cookie made with Stella or something like that. I could, or it's got to be something with salt because G's a bit salty sometimes, isn't he, about oh, certain things? I could see that. I could definitely see that. <laughs> would it would it be purple and gold? So he like kind of chokes on it. Can you, you imagine? Can you purple imagine and gold. that? It would be called the card of Cosmo, and it'd be like one of those little pictures of G's handed out on the menu. <laughs> He's got to re-rough when he sees this, isn't he? Mate, I don't know. I, I can't believe he never went when he was over there, but next year, next year when we go back for the playoffs, we'll be oh, there. Free sponsorship. We tried. We definitely tried, Mikey. We definitely tried. So on tonight's episode, we're going to talk about this draft. We're going to consider what should the Magic do. We're going to have a quick touch on the Jamarant situation, which seems to be everywhere on my YouTube feed at the minute. And we'll give some quick thoughts on the finals in both the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. I believe because of how things are going with the Lakers and the Celtics that's and the Heat, that's maybe why G isn't here this evening. Um, affiliate plug, NBA EU, we know are consistently updating their inventory. If you're thinking of buying from them and you wish to use our affiliate code, it's MAGICUK10. This will get you 10% off your order. We're not saying it'll be the best deal on the day but we will say it does work so feel free to use it um if you're thinking of something a little more bespoke you can head over to our online store which is magicfansapparel.tmail.com for some of our own merchandise and the links for this will be in the description and finally the one we really appreciate and um, help support the podcast simply subscribe to our youtube channel which is orlando magic uk and if you have subscribed through another platform it would really help us if you really did hit that YouTube button, because that's the one we're really trying to drive up. So, Mikey, um, it's been a big week. We obviously had the live one, and we ended up with the sixth and the eleventh picks in the upcoming draft. 
Um, again, thank you to anybody who attended our watch party. Massive thanks to anyone who tuned in. Uh, we hope you found it entertaining. Um, there, there weren't any puns at all on our uh, on our feed, and um, the dust has settled. Mikey, I think you were pretty positive. So, how are we feeling about these uh, picks at six and eleven? Yeah, it's not my my views not really changed from Tuesday night. Um, I mean, we've spoken about this on previous episodes, and we've spoken about this off air, mate, haven't we? About I didn't really feel like. If we missed out on a top two or top three pick, I wasn't going to feel super, super disappointed. In fact, I was going into it thinking if we end up around six, seven, eight, I'm I'm setting myself up for that scenario. And the fact that we got six, really six and 11, if you think about it, it was the best of a worst case scenario. We got the highest pick that we could possibly get from the balls at 11, which was fantastic. Um, and we've seen some... Uh, epic meltdowns shall we say on on twitter from a few bulls fans and podcasts and that they didn't learn from last year um and we'll talk about that trade that led to the 11th pick shortly but um yeah and, and the sixth pick obviously without landing a top four that was the highest we could have got we couldn't have got the fifth pick um and to think that detroit only won 18 games this year and end up getting chucked out of the top four and landing at five, and the and the improvement and the jump that we've seen from the Magic this year, and we're only one pick behind them. Mm. Um, I don't know. I feel good about that. <laughs> In that we're doing, we're we're starting to do things the right way. Do you know what I mean? Um, we've got the right approach, and it just goes to show the lottery is what it is. Um, it, interestingly. I'll get your thoughts in a minute, but I was listening to um, to the low post earlier, hmm. and I know we saw shortly after the lottery that Zach, uh, sorry, that uh, Dan Savage from OrlandoMagic.com said Orlando were one number away from getting the number one pick. Now, interestingly, Zach was in the green room when they were actually doing the draw itself, um, so I'm going to quickly paraphrase what he said, but he said. In the when the draw was happening, basically, there's, there's if you don't know, there's 14 ping pong balls in the machine, one one to 14, um, and from what I can gather, the numbers are based on where you finished in the standings. So, I think the Pelicans said the fourth were, were the last team at the end of the lottery with the lowest chance, so they had 14, um, and then you had like the Spurs, the Pistons, all, all had one two and so on, and I'm going to guess the Magic had six, seeing as we finished with the six. So that that was one of the numbers. Um, there's a thousand combinations of the four, of four numbers, and obviously we know the, the higher percentage you've got, the more number combinations. Um, so ball one that was drawn was number 14, which meant every team was still in play. And apparently there was like 10, 15 seconds in between the next ball coming out. So ball two was number five, which apparently most teams were still in there at that point. Ball three was an eight. Um, and he was saying executives and, and team representatives were flicking through paperwork and through documents that the NBA had given them, basically listing what teams, combinations, who's got who. 
um, and frantically trying to figure out in those 10 seconds whether you're still in there or not. Um, and basically, there were 11 balls left in the hopper, which makes sense because three had been drawn. Six of those 11, so this was, we all had that initial, oh, we were one number away. What makes this, this fine for us? I mean, it is what it is. But in the hopper of those 11 balls left, six of those numbers were sending Wembyama to the Washington Wizards. So, so there was only five other numbers in there, and I'm going to guess one of those was ours along with four other teams. Um, and yeah, so, and as we know, the last ball that was drawn was number two, which sent sent Wembyama to San Antonio. But yeah, interestingly, more than half of the balls left were actually for the Washington Wizards, and they didn't, and they missed out on that opportunity. I mean, it is what it is, and it's a lottery, but. Um, so we all had that like initial, oh no, we just missed out on it. But actually, if you're a Wizards fan, they really just missed out on it. Um, and, and they were going for the tank, weren't they? Oh yeah, absolutely. But we talked about this on Tuesday night when, when it was all going on, that sending Wembyama out west, where we've only got to face him twice a year, was best case scenario if we weren't going to get him. Like we said, with the, with the Hornets at two, we missed out on not having to face him four times a season. I know it's pretty if he's small. That good. If he's that good, yeah. yeah. But again, he could have gone to the Wizards. There was a really good chance with that last number. He could have gone to the Wizards and you would have seen him four times a year. But yeah, um, yeah I thought that was an interesting thing. I thought I'd let you know if you hadn't heard that. But uh, yeah, what's, what, what, how are you feeling, mate, after uh, a few days out? It's one of those where, um, how would I put this? I didn't expect to win it. Mm -hmm. And in the heat of the moment, you're disappointed because the you know teams are getting drawn out and you're like, wow, if we skip past the sixth pick, we're in the top four. Yep. And that was kind of where I was, when we got that far down, I was like, oh, maybe we'll just sneak in and get like the third or the fourth pick. I didn't expect number one. Um, and it was just when it hit the scene, I was like, oh, we're so close because... I think a top four pick would have been like really dangerous for the Magic to have either for picking, because I do trust El for an office or for trading one way mm -hmm. or another. We but we would have maximised that. So it was kind of the way I looked at it. You had a very much as LinkedIn would call it the blue sky thing. And my gear, I was just like that far off, almost. But at the same point in time, look what we look what we turned the eighth pick into. But you know we got Wagner out of that and. They've nailed that, and you know we've had we've hit Cole with the fifteenth pick before, and we we know what we're doing in terms of draft, and I think really Jonathan Isaac's just injuries that stopped that one, and then you say, well, really the only high end pick that we've had that hasn't in fact played out was more Bamba, yeah. you know, Chuma's not a bad pick, where well, we picked him up, I didn't think he was, you know, but injuries have played a role, and then the team's direction changed, so I'm confident in the front office and. uh it is what it is. And for me, if I, I look at Wembenyama and it's kind of like, well, he might be that good. He might be that good. But then Yao Ming, when he came in, I remember all the hype around Yao at the time. And yeah, he was good, but injuries played a role. And you never know what's going to happen. And it's quite lucky if you're a Spurs fan that there's been three times where you've like had a real shot at going number one. And each time you've landed a generational big and David Robinson 
in Tim Duncan and now you hit Wembenyama. So I think that's interesting. If you want to develop somewhere, I think San Antonio is quite a stable place to be with uh, Greg Popovich. And if you're a Hornets fan, I don't know if you saw this the other day. The the what was there? Is there four times they've landed the number two pick? And they missed out on the chance of getting the number one pick. And in those years, they missed out on Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, Victor Wambiama, and Shaq. Yeah. They got got Alonzo Morning, which wasn't a bad consolation prize. That's true. And LaMelo Ball probably doesn't look like such a bad one, really, when you consider that James Wiseman... And they did draft Kobe and mistakenly traded him, but there we go. <laughs> but he wouldn't go, would he? That was the thing. No, no, there. that's true. Yeah, I remember that's that happening. But of- yeah, it, it's. I'm I'm feeling good about it. I mean, like you said, we're, we're in a position where I think we can do a number of things. We can trade up. We can move back. We can package the picks and AP even just go after a veteran. Um, or go for some added depth. There's, there's plenty of things that we can do that we'll get into in a minute. But um, yeah, it's there's, at the end of the day, if we stay at six and eleven, there's plenty of decent players on the board that is going to help make this team better, and that's the most important thing. And we saw the uh, you mentioned it earlier, Mikey, the uh, the Bulls live reaction. Yeah, and, uh, you know, and like it's fair to say, I think that they're not dancing and having fun. Now they're probably looking back at that, but. Uh, there's been some pretty big news from Omar on Twitter that um, broke. That he's he's predicting, he's saying, or he's got inside knowledge, maybe who knows, that uh, Stavucevic might be looking at uh, coming back to the Magic. Or what, what's what's your th- I tell you now, if that happened, if you were a Bulls fan and you've lost out on Franz Wagner, the eleventh pick, you've took a two-year rental of Vuce, and then he comes back to Orlando. Plus, we've also got Wendell Carter. You would be fuming. You would be absolutely furious. Like, what do you do? You think there's a chance of this, Mikey? Do you think it's well? You know, he's, quite, he's quite credible, Omar. From all of, when I've followed him, he seems quite credible. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly, mate. And we've seen this with his jersey leaks and that yeah. we've seen over the last few years. Um, yeah, he, he he obviously knows a few people, I think, and that's probably a fair thing to say. Um, uh, he basically said that. He thinks he's willing to give up financially to come uh, and even some playing time to come back to Orlando and, and play where he loves to be. Um, I mean, that is absolute. I mean, it's already highway robbery. You think, I mean, the other thing that people forget is, yes, we traded Vooch and you got two, two future first, Wendell, who is arguably better than Vooch now. Is that a fair yeah. comment? I think it's a fair comment. And that doesn't mean Vooch in his prime. That means, like, if you're comparing the two I players know. now. Um, and we also offloaded Alfa Rukumino's bad contract as well. Um, so, yeah, like you said, if, if you end up getting two first-round picks, Wendell, and then Vooch walks back through the door in two years' time for nothing, and you get him on a discounted deal... Um, I mean, we talked uh, we talked j- briefly the other night about some of the centres that are on the market this summer, like La- Nasri, Mason Plumley, uh, Jakob Pertl's another one who 
he he's if he goes anywhere else other than Toronto, it's, he, he's going to want to start. He's that good, but you ain't going to find many players that are going to be better to back up Wendell than Vooch. And we, like we said, his biggest problem, Wendell, is staying healthy. You you kind of expect him to only play 60 to 70 games if we're being realistic. Yeah. So you need somebody who's going to fill in in that role for a good 20, 30 games, a good chunk of the season. Um, and if you think with Vucha's floor spacing, he already knows. Now, obviously, this team is very different to what he knew, but um, it's familiar, familiar surroundings. And yeah it's just going to open up the floor for for Paolo Franz Markel's already played with Vooch so they're going to have that connection um it's, it's it could be interesting but I, I'm not going to get too carried away just yet because let's see let's see what happens because look you never know they, they might take a big in the draft or they might end up acquiring one in a big trade you, you just don't know. Not necessarily a centerpiece, but you might end up getting one as part of a package with something else. Um, and it, it might not happen. The, the draft is the important thing and what will happen after that, we will see. But yeah, what what's your thoughts? Well, first of all, he's a hell of a poster. That was my first thought. Well, and actually, this guy's usually pretty spot on. So I was yeah. like, I, I, straight away, I was like, actually, I believe this. Um, the second thing is... Um, I'm gonna put this. When Vooch, if if this happens, it felt to me the type of move that a player does when they go on onto a championship team. Mm-hmm. Do you know when you see people signing for the Lakers and the Nets and the Celtics and stuff, and you go, I can't believe they're taking that massive discount to go there when they could have got this. And I was like, that's pretty actually a statement that a two-time All Star, even though he's got history with the franchise, is saying I'm going to take a discount coming in and actually playing backup minutes. And then my third thought was, no matter what happens in the draft, could you imagine a bench lineup which has got Cole Anthony, Jonathan Isaac, and Nikola Vucevic standing at the scorer's table when you're feeling tired and those three guys checking in? <laughs> they were starting for us not but that the, long ago. But that's three... Yeah, but that's You're looking at it and you're going, you've got a guy who's possibly one of the top five defenders in the NBA. Mm-hmm. We've got a guy who's just been a two-time All-Star who still gets a double-double if you give him the minutes and good three-level scorer, really. And then you've got a guy who, once he settled into the role, was getting sixth man into the year nominations. And it, you look at that, and that, that would be demeaning. When you, when you look at teams even like Boston now, if you see the high-end Eastern Conference teams, what their benches are, Nobody's matching that bench. Nah, that that's that's scary, and that you could ha- you could even depending on the lineup, you could even be looking at that and going, "Oh, Jalen Suggs mm-hmm. is part of it as well." Another all level NBA, he's a top end NBA defender. That's terrifying. That <laughs> it's it's, cra- it's crazy to even contemplate. Really, I mean, it's lovely to contemplate. Well, I'm just looking at Vucha's stats. He's tw- he's he's only 32. Seven. He still averaged 17 and a half points per game last year. Uh, 11 Terrible rebounds. That. Awful. Terrible. Th- three assists a game. 
how many minutes did he play? 33 minutes a night, 52% from the field, 35% from the three-point line, which is around his career average anyway. Um, if that option is on the table, and, we, and I saw some numbers floated around, because um, what's he coming off of? A, a five-year, $100 million deal? Four-year? Four-year, $100 million deal. Um, I think, what did I see? Was it three years, 40 million, something like that, that sort of figure? Um, I mean, it's it's a really, really, I, I, I can't even, it doesn't really add up. <laughs> I just can't really make much sense of it. As it's, in, it's surreal, but then it's who's pulled that's, but the That's the word I'm looking for. Well, it's who's pulled to the room. Well, that's this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, this is the way. It's it's not coming from, and this is no disrespect to Omar. It's not like this is sort of being leaked and talked about through a national media guy. This is just this is a a magic fan who clearly has some contacts in and around the team and the franchise and knows some people. Um, That. I, I trust Omar, I really do. I, I think there is something to it. Um, whether it pans out, like I said, is another question and the Magic may decide to go another direction. But look, it, it, it answers a lot of the problems. We, we've said we need a backup centre this season. I don't want to go into the year with Moritz Wagner or Batadze, who I don't think is coming back as your backup bigs. I, I don't think they provide enough... Um, you want three-point shooting. Vooch can provide that. Um, you want veteran leadership. Vooch, Vooch already adds that as well. Um, so, and like I said, if you can get him on a deal, I, the other thing I saw was they're, they're talking about maybe front-loading the contract as well, which is a common thing we've seen Jeff do with uh, yeah. with players that he signed or re-signed or given extensions to. Um, so, yeah. We will see. It's going to be a really interesting summer because the Magic are not far away from being really, really good next season. Um, it, or even closer it, if we put that in. Well, we are. And I think it will actually signal the intent of where the front office want this team to go next year. Um, we, we've seen Jeff be really patient and what we've acquired over the last couple of years has proven why. Um, but is he willing to speed that up a little bit and have a bit more urgency? Or Because at the end of the day, the better players, this is the other thing, it's all right giving Paolo and Franz reps, but putting better players around them is also going to help them get better. And Vooch spaces the floor. Exactly. Vooch is a really good passer. Um, so you've got another guy who's a really good decision maker and that's a common thing that we've seen that of players that the Magic like um, and I think that's probably part of the reason why they kept hold of him for as long as they did but yeah it, it certainly ticks a lot of the boxes I don't think there would be one Magic fan for, for everybody that say criticised Vooch for his time in Orlando, and that wasn't really a shot at Vooch. I think that was just a shot at the way the team was constructed. Vooch gave everything for the team, 
loved Orlando, still loves Orlando. Um, I just think it would just be a perfect reunion, really. And to fleece the balls the way we did, to just it takes the piss, really, doesn't it? <laughs> well, you know what, though? I noticed as well when the playoffs was going on that uh, Evan Fournier doesn't seem too happy in New York, so maybe we can bring Evan back as well and uh, get the gang. I'm not saying we should, by the way. I know. I'd have a laugh about that. Uh, get the gang back together again and all this. <laughs> You know, but there you go. But I, it, it's interesting, Mikey. But I think looking the other way as well. Obviously, we've got these looking at the mocks that are coming up, and I was interested in your thoughts on this. We've got obviously the sixth pick, and a lot of mocks have us taking Osa. I think it's Osa Thompson. Osa. Osa. Did a pull there, haven't I? Um, so we've got a six foot seven shooting guard. He's got that critical six eleven wingspan. Um, NBA draft rooms describe him as a Skywalker freak athlete, makes the game look easy. Not a great shooter yet, but there's time to develop that. And they felt he could really benefit working with NBA level shooting coaches. Mm -hmm. Got comparisons to two former Magic players in Jason Richardson and Terrence Ross. Uh, that's a popular name for our sixth pick. What are your thoughts on this, Mike? Have you got any thoughts yet? Well, firstly, another comparison that I've seen is Andrew Wiggins. Okay. Um, one of the best YouTube channels you'll be able to see it or, or catch up on a lot of these prospects is Hoop Intellect. So if you guys want to have a look at some of these players yourself, he, he does a really good breakdown on players' strengths, areas of improvement, their potential flaws, ceilings, um, and, and rough comparisons to players. But... Um, initially, I mean, I spent a good chunk of last weekend going through a lot of those videos and watching lots of highlights on a good chunk of the probably top 10, 12 players that are all sort of projected to go in and around the lottery. Um, and I think the biggest takeaway, and I'll, I'll be a bit more sp specific about Asar in the minute, but other than... Wembyama, I think everybody else, even including Scoot Henderson, everybody's got a flaw. And I think the further you go down the lottery, the flaws are quite dramatic. Um, like, and, and I think this probably goes the same for both the Thompson twins, Asar and Eamon, is that they're both really, they're both really good defenders. They're very athletic, uh, good playmakers, good passers. Um, but their biggest weakness is shooting the ball. Um, and people tend, people seem to have Eamon above Asar. Asar seems to be the guy a little bit lower than the down people's depth, uh, not depth chart, sorry, down their big board. Um, Eamon has a little bit more of a ceiling. Um, but I, I'm just not convinced. I mean, we, we keep talking about one of the most important things that Magic have to add this off-season is three-point shooting. Um, and people keep talking about Thompson twins. Now, last year, last season, Asar shot 48% from the field and 30% from the three-point line. Now, the three-point line, I don't mind so much, and I believe he shot 38% in the playoffs last year for them. Right. Um, but he only shot 67% from the free-throw line. And Eamon, I think, was even lower than that. It was around about 63 or 64%. Um and I think I said this on, on Tuesday night, Philip Rossman-Reich, who 
I, I really value what, what Phil says and he knows his stuff. And he talked about Cam Whitmore in the same breath that one of the big red flags for Cam Whitmore, although he's a great scorer, is his free throw percentage is around 70%. And he said that that is one of the biggest red flags for people that if you want to have an idea of how a player can improve their shooting, if you look at their free throw percentage, that can give you a bit of an indicator of where they are. Uh, and I get the same feeling for Asar and Eamon Thompson that their free throw percentage isn't good. Um, and I think if you look at their shot mechanics, they don't look complete. They don't look that great either. Um, they have flashes like all these players do. That's why they're in the lottery and where they're projected to go. But um, I'm not that high on Asar Thompson at the moment. Um, obviously, we've got four or five weeks of more highlights and and film to watch of these players, but I'm not convinced that he's who we're going to go for. And the fact that nearly every mock draft you read from CBS to Bleacher Report to The Ringer and all these other ones, that they all have a saga in there. I mean, how many times have we seen all these mock drafts sending a certain player to the magic and it never, it never happens. So, um, We'll see. Uh, he he wouldn't be my pick at six, that's for sure. But I'm not sure. Have you have you watched any game tape or anything? Any not really. Highlights? Um, my my thing is that what you're saying there, Mikey, about how things can change. I think pick one we all know is locked. Mm-hmm. Like San Antonio might as well just get Wembenyama in now and start printing the jerseys. Yeah, you know that's going to happen. Um, picks two and three are interchangeable. I know we spoke about this off air and it's leaving a little bit ahead of where we were going to talk about, I guess, but I could really see Charlotte taking a um, a little bit of a flyer, maybe bearing in mind it's Charlotte as well. But if you look at their need, I could see Brandon Miller going there equally as you could see Scoot. I could see them taking Miller and it's, it's a bit of a, after that, then what happens? It seems more fluid. I, I think, you know, you're going to get Amen Thompson go four or five. That seems to be. But I don't think there's a, a consensus fifth best player in the draft, so to speak. Someone where you mm. go, that's, that's your certain top five. So a lot of things could happen. Someone could slip. Someone could jump. You know, like we, we, we were in this position a couple of years ago when we, we got Jalen Suggs. And whereas Suggs slipping to five raised eyebrows, if you'd done that a few weeks prior, it would have been Kaminga going at seven. That was yeah. that was seen as a bona fide top five, that draft, where it was, this is what it will be. Mm. And, it, and Kaminga was seen as being the fifth raw talent in that draft. And uh, then obviously Scotty Barnes le- took a leap and things panned out as they did, you know. And we saw um, Giddy went as well, higher than Kaminga. So it's interesting. I think there's a lot of tape to play out there yet, but uh, I really wouldn't be surprised if you saw a change in the order two and three. And then the other thing that comes into play, there was there was talk, and we'll come to the eleventh pick, but there was talk about Brandon Miller, um, having spoken to the Magic. There was whispers about that going on on Twitter, mm-hmm. and um, I've seen things where Portland um, might be willing to shop their pick. They might be looking to go win now. Um, there's talk of them 
wanting to move it on to keep Dame Lillard and go with him. Bleacher Reports said that Miller himself hasn't made a great impression in the pre-draft interviews. He's not meant to be in the, the shape you would hope he would be in when you're, you're playing for your future. Um, we know also there are huge question marks around this guy. Um, well, whilst he's not being charged with any crimes, there's question marks about his uh, role in, shall we say, a murder. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, we know how Ja Morant has been recently in the news where guns have been involved and the lifestyle he has outside that we know what the magic organization are like, but also he's the consensus top three pick. But this, at this moment in time, he's drawn comparisons to a prime Danny Granger. When you're looking at the, uh, the bleacher report, which is a good player. So do we try this? Do we, do, do, do we try and move up and, Tate Miller, what what's your thoughts on that, mate? If if it was me, uh, and I said this in a group chat with you guys the other day, I'm only moving up the board for Scoot Henderson. Yeah, I I, I just don't see. I, I'm not concerned about. I'm I'm not really taking the the off the court stuff into consideration with Brandon Miller at the at the moment. Um, there's nothing. He's not been charged with anything. There's there's other than basically his weapon was used in a murder. That that was it. But well, that's a whole other topic for another day. But um, yeah, I, if you just look at the player himself, I just don't understand how a 6'9", 6'9", small forward really fits alongside Paolo and Franz. I, I just don't quite see it myself. Um the other, the other consider the other, the other thing that he he's not good. He's not a great athlete, um, and and if you've watched some of his highlights, when he's try, he's not the best at trying to create separation when he's getting his own shots. Now, if you think from a, a fit point of view that you want the ball in Paolo and Franz's hands as much as possible, now you could use him as a spot up three point shooter, and he's been compared to Chris Middleton, who's another comparison. But I don't see him as a great athlete. And and this isn't a shot at, at Paolo or Franz, but I, I think the thing that we're lacking at the moment is that little bit of explosiveness and, and somebody with some downhill speed. Um, uh, and, and just... You just and and that, I kind of get why people talk about the Thompson twins because that's one of their strengths is getting out in transition. Um You've got that jam, yeah, great athletes. They got that Jamarant sort of explosiveness, getting to the rim. Um, but personally, I, I just don't see the fit being that smooth next to Paolo and Franz. Um, I think Scoot Henderson. I, I mean, let's be honest, we're still really and and as good as Markell is, we're still really searching for that bona fide guard. So, like at the moment, Fultz feels like the most solid choice, but he's also not the best point guard in the league. Do you know what? he's he's not considered? And this isn't a knock on Markel. He's not like he's considered a top ten player in his position. The, it's the guard, the guard, the guard rotation. The, there's still lots of question marks there, mm-hmm. and I think Scoot Henderson is potentially an all-NBA player, 
a, a dynamic league guard who's got lots of really good areas. Um, like I said, athleticism, playmaking. He's got a really he's really strong in the mid range, a bit like Markel. He's got scoring upside. Um, he needs to improve from the three point line, but he shot seventy five percent from the free throw line last year and still shot just close to thirty three percent from three. So he's not a horrendous three point shooter either. Um, but I feel like Scoot is a better fit alongside what we already have. Um, and and we've seen in the playoffs, like, you need stars. You need stars to win games. And on different nights, different players are going to step up and be that guy. And the more of those players that you have... Now, you could say Scoot having the ball in his hands takes the ball out of Paolo and Franz's hands, but... On one night, it might be Paolo's night where he goes off for 30. Or another night, it might go, it might be Franz that goes off for 30. It might be Scoot Henderson that can do the same. I just think you're just raising the team's ceiling. You're, in fact, you're raising the team's floor by having another player like that. Um, and even if he doesn't become an All-NBA player, you're improving the overall roster. And I think Scoot Henderson is the only player at the top of that draft that feels the most solid pick that could do that. Does that make sense? There's there's a man in Wales right now listening to this and he's uh he's just kicked he's just kicked the sofa over and hurt his toe even more. But um I would say that um I've seen fifty fifty on the drafts who'll go number two and who'll go number three. Mm-hmm. And if that number three pick is being shipped by Portland Maybe it's not Miller who we're interested in, and maybe it's the potential of Scoot when you look at Lamelo Ball is the point guard in Charlotte. You know, and he he is seen as the man, and he how Lamelo but you know Lamelo Ball that team is should be built around him, mm-hmm. and Miller would be a good fit there. So then would we go for the number three pick, try and help Portland win, and put Scoot in Orlando? I think with Fultz. The question is, is really health because when we've seen him get healthy in the final third of the season, we know what he can do. So he mm-hmm. could be that guy still. Um, I think Philadelphia probably wishes they had Fultz for that series against Boston and they might have been playing in the Eastern Finals right now. I think there's a lot of questions out there about the backcourt because all three players have had their issues. All three point guards have had their issues with injuries. We've never seen Jalen Suggs get a proper run. Mm-hmm. You could look at him and you, you can clearly see the uh the comparisons with Smart. You know, if you want yeah. if you want in that comparison, it's there. And then at the same point in time, like I've drawn the comparison before, but Cole gets healthy, you can see the Brunson comparison. So it could be that we've got three guys who are seen as high end guards, or we could be looking at it going, Do we really need somebody else? But mm-hmm. it's it seems as though for me, health has always struck these guys at the wrong point. When they've just been getting their run together, it's taken them away. They hit Cole in college, it hit Fultz just after that, and then it hit Suggs when he came into the league. Whenever he's got like a head of steam, it's hit him again. So it's we still don't fully know what we've got, but we could have the answer on our uh, on our roster as it is. But we do need to make at least one of these two picks. If we keep them, if we don't trade up, 
we need to make one of them count, which I've got confidence in the front office that they'll do. Hmm. Um, if I if I had to guess now, I don't think we're moving. Yeah, I I think we'd stay as we are. If if we had to take a guess now, I mean, what what? How do you see the the top of the draft playing out? So you said obviously, Wemby's going one. Wemby's got, interesting point, Mike. I'll just say one thing before I come on to that. If it was a win now with Portland, and we have mm-hmm. spoken to Miller saying we've talked about the number three pick. It'll be really interesting putting two and two together that we've had that conversation and Vooch is coming back and Portland are in, you know, like the rumours of Vooch coming back and Portland are in win now. Would Portland want somebody who can play the four or a five? Would Wendell be part of that package, which would bring Vooch in? You know, like that that that's on my mind where I'm looking at it going, if, it, if there was going to be a deal with Portland, you'd probably think that it's going to be the six, the 11. And then centering around someone like Wendell, maybe mm-hmm. going in that direction. So I don't think it's out of the realms. If it was most franchises, I would have went Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, Miller. That would be the top three if it was happening tomorrow. But it's the Hornets, and I look at it and I'm like, they've got Lamelo. It's the left field move. They're not a team that puts the emphasis on character that we that we do. Hmm. The Charlotte Hornets have had massive personnel issues in recent years, and I don't think they're as well run a franchise as the Magic. I could I could see it going, um, one, two, and three, but I could, I could see Scoot going three. If it was, no I, I think, I, I like you said, I, I think that's a very good point. Um. If I'm Charlotte, I'm still taking Scoot Henderson. For me, he's the second best player in the draft. Yep. I don't think there's... I, I, I just don't really see why why it's even a topic of conversation, really. I don't think he's... I don't think Brandon Miller is anywhere better than than Scoot Henderson. Um, but, like I said, when you're taking fit into consideration... I mean, let's be honest. The Hornets don't really have anybody else other than LaMelo Ball. So, when you're in that position, you take your best. You take the best player available, and, and the best player on the board too is going to be Scoot Henderson. And you can worry about fit later on. You might even decide, you know what, Scoot Henderson's a better player to build around in the long term, and cash in on Lamelo Ball and bring in somebody else to build around Scoot and whoever else. Scoot can play off the ball as well, and I think Lamelo can play off the ball. Um, and you might actually see a very fun backcourt with the two of them because they're, they're, they're very different players. Um, well, so he is still there, isn't he? Yeah, but he's not that good, is he? He's not that, but he's, if they were looking to get into a win now, though, they would be like, well, Lamelo, Rosier, Miller. If I'm Charlotte, I'm not winning now. <laughs> I'm not winning now. You just don't know, though. You know, I, I just look at but it. I, but like you said, they're not the best run franchise and no. you're not quite sure what direction they're trying to go in. If you're the Charlotte Hornets, if if I was in their position, you're taking Scoot and, and that should be the end of it. But like you said, I, I don't think people are necessarily sure. I mean, you could look at it and go, what's, what's Lamelo, a six, seven point guard? And mm-hmm. you could pair him with a six, nine small forward and Brandon Miller. It makes sense on paper. But when you're picking that high at the draft, you're you're trying to you're trying to 
knock that pick out of the park, aren't you? And 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 get the best player in the long term, in the long run that you can you can get. But but at the end of the day, I think they're still going two and three, whichever order you think it's going to go in. I can't see Eamon Thompson. I can't see Eamon Thompson jumping into to the third pick. I, I really can't. And unless, like we talked about, the off the field, the off the court stuff with Brandon Miller becomes an issue, and front offices become concerned about that, and he slips down the board a little bit, but I just can't see it myself. Um, and then at f- and then at four five, I think it's really Eamon Thompson, Asar Thompson, Cam Whitmore's going to be on the table. Um, for for me, my pick at, at, at six right now is Taylor Hendricks from UCF. Um, my only concern with that is, is playing time and you're drafting a guy at six to essentially be a backup forward um, who I think can play a little bit of small ball five as well. Um, but again, when you're picking at six, I mean, we've got the luxury of we're in that position now where you can go, well, we can draft for need a little bit more, but you can also take that upside swing. Personally, at six, I would take the upside swing, take Taylor Hendricks, and then use the eleventh pick with a bit more um, with with need in mind. It's which transitions nice straight onto the eleventh pick. <laughs> you know, that's all I was going to say, Mikey. There is we're talking all about Portland, but if Charlotte wanted to uh, rebuild a young, fresh starting lineup, mm-hmm. they could get themselves pick six and pick eleven. Already and give themselves a small forward and a power forward to go alongside Rosier and Ball in the backcourt, and then they're just looking to fill their, their centre position, probably. You know, you, they could get themselves one of the Thompsons, perhaps. They mm-hmm. could get themselves an elite level athlete with one of those picks who LaMelo could do the Miles Bridges thing for. You know, yeah. or Sarah Thompson could feed off that where. Someone's just thrown a lob city all day. We're a good trading partner for them if if they choose. Yeah, I, I mean we 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 saw this on Tuesday. I brought this up with yeah. before the draft lottery was even drawn that the Magic's picks at or, or potential picks of where they were with their odds had the number one ranked. Uh, value amongst all the teams and the fact that we're still at 6 and 11 and you've got an early second round pick as well yeah um, the magic have enough that they can move up in this draft I don't see that being an option uh, uh, sorry an issue but I'm not sure I I just don't feel like we need to make a trade that big the phone should ring for us rather than the other way around Mm. Uh, unless, like I said, uh, unless the front office are absolutely enamoured with Brandon Miller or Scoop, then yeah, you, you sit put and, and see who lands in your lap. Pick eleven, Maggie. Grady Dick, eh? That's the name that's been springing up. What do you think of Dick, Gary? Oh, magnificent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well he's known for his shooting isn't he 
And uh, yeah. he's also got credit for his ball IQ. So uh, you know, maybe maybe Dick could be the could be the one the one in the eye for us, so to speak. But uh, <laughs> I think, in all seriousness, if you were looking at a player who's in the lottery outside of the top five picks who fits a need the most for the Magic. I'm not saying best player available. Six foot eight, high basketball IQ, strong college program, good fundamentals, not an awful athlete. Not a pun here, but good size. But more than anything, it's it's the shooting. And uh, he fits the Orlando Magic need the most. And in a lot of mocks, he's mocked at 11. And... Yeah, there's comparisons to Kevin Herter's out there. There's Cam Johnson's another really good one, I thought. Yeah. But they aren't, um, they aren't bad comparisons for us. And his three point shooting, to be honest, looks good. That that's the most attractive thing, isn't it? Yeah. His size, as you said. Yeah. And his three point shooting at forty percent last year. Um Good off the ball scorer, good in transition. He's a good pull up three point shooter as yeah. well. Um, he's actually got a little bit of playmaking. I'm not sure his handles are, are, are great. I think that's an area that he can work on, but um, he can make a pass. Um, and the other thing is actually a pretty good athlete. Yeah. Um, if you, if you watch some of his highlights, he's actually quite a good shot blocker and. Um, I think he's a pretty solid defender. I think it's a bit like Paolo. I think he's def- defensively, I think he's a little bit underrated. Um, I think probably he gives up a little bit because he's not the biggest lad at 6'7". He only weighs 195 pounds. So I think strength-wise, he could get bullied a little bit. But um, it just feels like if the Magic are going to... If the Magic are just going to add two draft picks this summer and that's all they do and roll everybody else back. It feels like a player like Grady Dick is a player that you could just slot in and play. And yeah. just this three-point shooting alone is going to help everybody else. Um, it's whether you draft... Because at the end of the day, this is the way the NBA's been going for for quite a few years, is the, the importance of the three-point shot. But... We're drafting a guy in the lottery. Do you want to draft a guy for now who's just a good three-point shooter or do you want to take a swing for a guy who has got more upside on other areas of his game as well? Um, and let's be honest, is he, he's not necessarily guaranteed to start either. You're talking about another player. That's the crazy thing. You think at 6 and 11, you could take two swings on players and they might be both players that come in off the bench. Yep. Um, but... I think it makes too much sense. I'm not even convinced he's even going to be on the board at 11 when the Magic pick the, picks no. their second sh- second shot. Um, I think Dallas at 10. I think there's a chance he might go there. Yeah. As a player that you can easily slot next to Luka Doncic. Um, so you take him at six? Would I take Grady Dick at six? No, I don't. I, I, no, I wouldn't. No. Um, personally, I would, like I said, I, I would go for the upside pick at six, whether that's a Cam Whitmore, a Taylor Hendricks, 
Um, they would be my two picks if I had to choose. Um, and then, like I said, you can pick it. You can pick for need at eleven. If Grady Dick's on the board, then it's it feels like a no-brainer. But then there's other players, um, Keontae George, Baylor. Mm. Um, who's the other guy that we, that we've been? Uh, Jordan Hawkins, who's a really good three-point shooter as well. Bryce Sensabar, who's actually from Orlando. Um, he shot 40% from three last year as well. 6'6", six, six, uh, small forward. Um, so there are players that are going to be there at 11 that, can, that are still going to add something that we mm. need. Um, but I just... other If you take the three-point shot away from Grady Dick, I don't see anything else that he does at a really elite level. Um, that I would want to pick him at six. I yeah. just don't. I just don't think it's necessary. And like I said, we, we've got free agency. If you add Vooch to the roster, you've, you're improving the threes in that yeah. area as well. And and the most important thing is you, you're hoping for internal development. You're hoping the players that we already have improve their own three because if they don't, then that's going to put a limit on how good the magic can be. So. You need more three-point shooting to spread the floor, but you also need who we've already got on the roster to continue to improve as well. Um, yeah, it's gonna, it's it's interesting. It's there's there's loads of ways this could go. Um, I, I don't see the magic necessarily trading out and trading down the draft. I think that's more likely eleven. Yeah. I think. For example, if if Grady Dick's off the board and and the Magic have got him high on their big board and he's gone, then perhaps you see them trade back from eleven to then go after um, another player who can spread the floor. But I don't. Maybe they'll trade the eleventh pick for another future first. And push it on another year, and and maybe get a veteran back in 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 return that can help this team now, because um, you're talking about adding two more rookies to this team, and we're already one of the younger teams in the league. So that's another option: is do you trade eleven for veteran help? I I'll be honest. I think we're that far down the road. Unless it's something where we've something has changed, I'm kind of like let's just roll with it. And we've got two swings, a bit like we had when we had with the fifth and the eighth. We've got two swings. At least one of them's hit, probably both, with Suggs and Wagner, I think. Um, and I would take two swings again. Double the chances. Uh, we know that we can get value beyond the top ten. We we, we already have already. We we've got a, we've got good scouting the front office. I think. Any questions that were there about the diligence that we do have been answered with not Paolo Banquero, but the Franz Wagner pick for me. The Franz Wagner pick was the, wow, what have we done? And they proved everybody wrong. And Franz looks like he could arguably, we've had this discussion on here before, be the best player in that class right now. Because mm -hmm. we haven't seen what Kate Cunningham can do really yet. And then you're what's saying, well, is it Franz there? Or, you know, are you going Mobley? That's kind of, because I think I do think Franz is better than Scotty Barnes. I don't even think that's a discussion, really. No, it's not. 
really, you know, like you're looking at that and you're going, well, they've earned, they've earned their stripes. Jalen Green might get a resurgence with a better coach. Who knows? But uh, I think there's no question there. So obviously there's a lot of questions to be had, but just around the league, Mikey, we, we're not going to go too far into this, but the Jamarant situation's reared its head again with another Instagram story with a rare... A gun and it's caused a bit of a media divide where we've seen uh, JJ Reddick say he hasn't committed any crimes and we've seen Charles Barkley really go hard back at JJ Reddick and uh, w what's going on. So, where do we stand on this Moran situation? Um, what's your take, really, Maggie? Who do you agree with? If, if you haven't seen Charles Barkley, um, <laughs> I, I don't know how you can disagree with what Charles said personally. I mean, yeah, in, in theory, he didn't break any laws. But as they said on TNT the other night, the, there's clauses in the NBA players' contracts of, uh, I think, the, uh, was it a morality clause where there's certain things that players are expected to do or not do. Um, uh, and you're talking about a kid who's like, I mean, it started last season before people really started hating on the Grizzlies because they were becoming a team that people would, as you know, as you were beginning to really dislike with the demeanour and the way they behaved. Um, but, but before that, Ja Morant was a young, exciting player. He was a face of a franchise. He was becoming one of the faces of the NBA on one of the bright and upcoming teams in the Grizzlies. Um, and he's just acting like an absolute moron. I mean... The the first incident, I, I just it's just stupidity. That's that's all it is. It's just absolute stupidity. Um, and I hope it. That's and I, honestly, I hope that's all it is, Gary. Because we've seen this with players in the past that they can't. Uh, not just not just in basketball in the NBA. We, we've seen it in various sports. But some players just can't handle the limelight and they can't handle the attention that they get. Um, and, and he has really skyrocketed up to, to, to the level that he's been at. And there's been yeah. a lot of pressure put on him because the Grizzlies have quickly become one of the better teams uh, in the NBA. Um, but to do, to make one mistake is one thing to, to do it again. You just can't defend that. And, he already had an eight match, uh, an eight game suspension the last time for doing it on Instagram live at a strip bar, waving a gun around. To do that once and and get a slap on the wrist and and get an eight game ban, have a face to face meeting with Adam Silver, the NBA commissioner, and then two months later to do it again is just absolutely stupidity. And the guy's about to ruin his career if he hasn't already began to do so already because he's already he's going to start being labelled as as a problem player and we and, and there was hints of that with various incidents this this season as well wasn't there um, yeah. and we saw the reports that Stephen Adams was talking about the, I think the Grizzlies as a whole that. They need to stop going out. They need to concentrate on playing basketball because they were close to becoming a really good team, um, and it's quickly unraveling for them. and And if you're a Grizzlies fan, I mean, 
it's it's just got to be heartbreaking really because you put all your time effort and enthusiasm and excitement into a team that you really believe in and then your best player goes out and behaves the way he's done um and i just i just hope that and i'm not saying he needs to get help he just needs to grow up and 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 face it himself and the fact that he had a what did he he went to some therapy or something for the couple of weeks that he was suspended for and I'm not being funny. You if know. that wasn't a wake up call the first time around, um I mean we're we're looking at I've heard like twenty five game suspensions being floated around as a rough figure that we could get. Personally, I think it should be the, I should think it should be even bigger than that because kids watch these players Kids idolise these players. They don't, uh, and and that's that's the end of it, really. Um, yeah, I don't know. What what do you think? <laughs> is there anything really to add um, to that? My, my view is, firstly, the therapy thing. There, in my opinion, that I said it the last time round, that was never in the time period that it was done going to solve anything other than being a token gesture. Correct. And I said that before, and I I didn't want to be right. But I felt it was a token gesture that wasn't going to do anything in that short period of time. I think at the very best, he's badly advised. At at the very best, he is badly advised. And he needs to really consider who his friends are that he's surrounding himself with. Because if you're really his friend and you've got a friend who is one of the top players in the NBA, you really need to be saying right now, put the phone down, let's not record this, let's not put it live, and let's move away from what we're doing because this guy's a meal ticket to his friends. And he needs to think about, am I really their friend? Or am I because I'm Jamarant? Mm. Because if you're Jamarant's friend, you're just saying, you've got a massive deal here, you've got a deal with Nike, you're one of the best people going. If it was one of my friends, I'd be saying, have a word with yourself. <laughs> Let's not bring this rubbish to you. Stay out of it. Like when I qualified to teach Maggie, um, I one of my friends said to me when we were going out on nights out, he went, if anything kicks off here, just walk away. Don't lose your DBS. Just walk away. Yeah. And like anything else will be handled. You know, like that, that was the way they said it, but they went, don't be there. And it's one of those where that's actually a friend saying that because it's your livelihood gone. Now, not that they ever did get to that, but somebody should be saying to Char Moran, we're ruining this guy's career, his livelihood, his reputation. And if what Skip Bayless was saying was true about his mother threatening people and then calling him up to come down and sort it out, she really needs to have a word of herself as well because it's her own son, which she's instigating into dangerous situations. You know, there's talk about when he was in this situation in the mall that apparently all came from his mother. Hmm. Like, who in their right mind, as a parent, you're a parent, Mikey, I'm not, who in their right mind would say, hold on a second, I've had a confrontation in the mall. What I'm going to do is I'm going to pick the phone up and I'm going to get my kid down here. Yeah. Always your kid, no matter what age. I'm going to get my kid down here to put them in a confrontation with you, whether it's a famous person or not. You don't do that. No. 
you don't Absolutely do that. Not. So the, the, it, it's bad advice and it's bad advice all around and somebody needs to get a hold of it and get a hold of it quick. Is it a cry for help? I don't know, but if it is a cry for help, the Memphis Grizzlies may be stepping back in here and saying, you will go to therapy and you will do this and we will hold you out until you've actually satisfied some professionals or something to say that you are in a safe place to be going on the road again as a responsible adult. Because you keep going around, you, you go around and you ask for, take the gun situation out of it, but if you go around and you poke at the bear enough, someone's going to lash back at some point, whether you're a celebrity or not. And he's going to at the end of the day, whether his mum's not being a good influence or his dad's not being a good influence or his friends or his f- or other extended family, at the end of the day, it's all on Ja Morant. He's yeah. putting himself in that situation. And it's like anything in, in life. <laughs> if you surround yourself with idiots, you're going to become an idiot. It's like... You you know I've done personal training for a long long time. If if you're overweight and you're unhealthy and you're unfit and you're surrounded by people who are the same who have bad eating habits and don't exercise, you're likely to follow them. And I think it starts with surrounding yourself with better people. Now I don't think it's as easy and as cut and dry as just going right. I'm gonna. Never speak to them again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? But you have to begin to surround yourself with better people or start taking yourself out of situations that are getting you in trouble. Now, I mean, we could spend all night on this topic. It's just not... It's but crazy. Though. It's ridiculous. At the end of the day, I mean, if again, go back to the first incident. He's the one that recorded himself on Instagram Live. Yeah. And the second incident, his friend is recording them on Instagram Live. Knowing that he's got a camera, your friend's got a camera and you're sat in the car and he's recording you and you still pull a gun out is just... It's just stupidity. And I just... There's no... There's, there's no excuse. There's, there's nothing else you can really say. You, you can't support it. You, you can't. And, um, and like you said, JJ Reddick, uh, and I love JJ. I think we're all big fans of JJ and a lot of what he does. His podcast is great. He was a great player in the NBA, especially for the Magic. Um, he has some great takes, but he was, he was massively wrong on what he said. Yeah. To say that he didn't break any laws is is not the point. That 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 is he's missing the point on this. It's not about breaking laws. It's he's set an example for so many people, for for millions around the world. For kids, that that's the biggest thing is the kids. Like kids see that, um, and the fact that Nike. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. Have removed his shoe off of the Nike app. Yeah. Um, all these endorsements and all these deals and all these sponsorships that he's been getting, he's going to start to see disappear into thin air very soon if uh, if he doesn't change his ways. Um, at the end of the day, and it's like Charles said on, on TNT, the last point, 
because it's getting boring now. <laughs> but <laughs> he said that there's things in the contract that players are expected not to do. Like you're not allowed to go skydiving. You're not allowed to go skiing. Yeah. You're not allowed to ride a motorbike. All these things that put you in danger that can affect your playing. If you get injured and you fall off a motorbike and you break, shot, break your arm, it's going to affect your playing career. It's going to affect you. It's going to affect your team. It's going to affect the NBA. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I wasn't surprised. But anyway, yeah. let's move on because I had enough to talk about yeah. drama. Right <laughs> the, last, the last thing really is, is just the NBA finals are underway and we've obviously got the Lakers and the Nuggets and we've got the Heat and the Celtics. Um Bit of a nightmare for G, especially. Any thoughts so far on these two series? Um, I'm going to be honest. I've only been watching like the the all possessions highlights. I haven't been watching the full games, but I've I've got a pretty good idea. Um, I mean, game one, Miami and Boston. Boston have had have not been good at home this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what are they? What have they? That they're they've lost more games at home than they've won in the playoffs. But they had a really hard. They were coming off a really hard game against. Well, not a really hard game, but they were coming off a hard series. I would say against Philly. Even you know, so, even so, I mean, I, I said this on uh, is either last week's episode. I said to G, didn't I? You you've got to take the eight seed number away from Miami. You just got to forget about the eight seed against the second seed in this matchup because. Like Miami are legit, and I really think they've got a good chance of winning it. And and I'm not turning this into us supporting the Miami Heat by by any stretch of the imagination. But you texted me actually the other day and said about do you like Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo? Because they're they're two players that you can't dislike. You all all you can do is respect the way they play. Now Miami as a team, obviously interstate rivals we don't like them and that's that Kyle Lowry Kyle Lowry maybe Um, (laughs) but I actually want them to beat Boston in this series right I don't I don't want I want the Nuggets to win the whole thing because it means the three that we hate won't win it but um, I I think Miami have got a really good shout of beating Boston in this series and the Nuggets are now 2 0 up on the Lakers. Um, I just hope they sweep them. <laughs> I really hope they sweep them. And they, they've made they've made a game of it. The Lakers the last few nights. They yeah. they they are playing really hard. Um, I don't just, think it'll be a sweep. I don't think it'll be a sweep, but it'll be nice because because they're they're feeling good. They've been one like you said last week that they're one of the. The most informed team since the trade deadline. Yeah. Coming into the playoffs with a lot of momentum. Feeling good about themselves. Beat the Grizzlies. Beat the Warriors. But to then get dumped out in four against the Nuggets would be really nice. <laughs> I just... Do you know what it is? I just wanted for Jokic. Yeah. I just wanted for him. And even though at times we know like when he saw him slap T. Ross, he's just a fantastic player. He's brilliant to watch. The numbers he puts up are unreal. And I just want Jokic to get to the finals and then 
do it from there and see what happens. Um, the Miami series, I've said it before how good I think Spolster is. And I was like, that that is a hell of an advantage. And I'll say it again, I don't think the Heat are all of that. And I said that the season preview, mm-hmm. I don't think they are. But in the playoffs, you've got playoffs Jimmy Butler. And playoffs Jimmy Butler is a different player to regular season Jimmy Butler and Spolstra. In the playoffs now, you look at the four coaches that are in, even if it was just the, the playoffs as a whole or the league as a whole, you could say Spolstra is the best. Hop mm-hmm. might have something to say about that. But Spolstra is the the uh, the X factor for anybody that play because he's that good as a coach. He's so unsung. He and then you put Butler in. We've seen what he can do, and he raises his game. And if it comes down to the clutch, if it comes down to the clutch, and that ball's in Jimmy Butler's hands. You're, you're in trouble. trouble. You're in trouble. What I would say though is, and I'm not saying I love the Celtics or anything like that, but if it was the Orlando Magic, as much as the same way like Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler. I wouldn't mind it if Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown were the two cornerstones for the Magic either. You know, because they're not unlike they're not players that I dislike. It's the it's fans, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's fans. Fan. It, look, it's not like we're going for me. I'm not going to work and having water cooler conversations with Celtics fans and Heat fans, and th- so it doesn't matter mm. as much. I don't want Kyle Lowry to win it. That, that, that's where I'm at. I just don't want Lowry getting a ring. But for either of those pairs, Bam and Jimmy Butler or Tatum and Brown, you would love having those on your, as, as your centrepieces for your franchise. But overall, I just want to see Jokic just go in the finals and do what he does because I think he's awesome. He deserves to win. He deserves to win. And there is a case, legit case, that he's still the MVP. Yeah. You can get that case. But uh, there we go. So, Mikey, is there anything else you would like to add? No, mate. I, I think that's it. We're um, we've got what a month now to wait to the uh, the draft itself, and rumours galore. I'm sure, and there'll be players coming in for workouts and conducting interviews. So we'll be uh, keeping an eye on all of that. Um, it'll be interesting to see who comes into Orlando. I think there's going to be quite a few players going in and out of the door doing their prep ready for the draft. So we shall see. We shall see what happens. Exciting times. But as always, um, thank you for listening or watching, um, or maybe both. Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel, Orlando Magic UK. Leave us your comments. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Orlando Magic UK. So from Gideon's Cookies, Maggie, and myself, go Magic.